Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, your week in IndyCar guest episode. Who do we have this week? We have the person that the fans asked for. That is my really tall brother, the man with Yorkshire grit in his veins, Stefan Wilson. How you doing? Doing good, thanks. Yeah, it's great to be on. I mean, uh, it uh, really uh, means a lot to have uh, the fans vote me in for this. So that's pretty cool. Well, it was two people. So, you know, technically it's, <laughs> it, that's that's not singular, but it's plural. I also did tell you before we started recording, the fans asked for you. I didn't necessarily admit to me being someone who wanted you on the show. Kidding aside, kidding aside. For those who don't know, Stefan, one of my dear friends, someone that I love a whole bunch. And I love even more, Steph, when you and I can talk about things in the world that involve you and driving motor racing vehicles, <laughs> because more often than not, we get to talk about you being a driver coach and you doing all kinds of things, but you getting to do the thing that you love more than most. We don't always get to talk about that. And yet here we go. Indy 500, sixth Andretti Autosport entry, <sighs> and let the congregation say amen. So why don't we give our great thanks to our listeners, Steph, and all the fun questions they sent in. You mentioned one of them you saw where they're, I think, trying to start a fight, so we'll make sure to not <laughs> skip that one. Uh, our great partners in Cooper Tires, Justice Brothers, and TorontoMotorsports.com. So let's talk about this. You get to go play Indy 500. Before we roll into the specific questions, let's talk about this. Talk about you working behind the scenes and how when I rang you or texted or whatever it was, I don't know, man, six weeks ago to say, hey, putting together the latest, you know, speculation, who might be in, who might be looking type deal for the Indy 500. You said, mate, I got nothing. <laughs> Crickets, nothing going on. Funny how rapidly things change. So why don't we start there? Just tell folks about how you're not the type to give up even when the odds look pretty, pretty slim. Yeah, no, uh, you're exactly right there. You know, I was actually worried for a while that you thought I was going to be, I was BSing you when you texted me and I said I had nothing because it, it really did come about um, very late in the day and, and it came about very quickly when it did. You know, it's it's one of those things where you that you hear about drivers talk about, you know, how oh, this, this deal came out of nowhere and uh, you just happened to meet the right, right person that wanted to do you know, similar things to them and uh that never really happened to me in my career uh, up until this point and uh you know uh at try as i may for you know two years uh after you know uh, 2018 and getting to lead some laps in the 2018 indy 500 i, I worked as hard as i could possibly work to try and get back and it it is it is just that difficult you know to find the right partners that want to do this and, and love this sport and love the, this race as much as I do, you know? So, um, it was, it was really difficult. And, uh, you know, like I said, we worked so hard on so many different ideas and, you know, ways to, to, um, you know, create value for partners and, you know, uh, it, it didn't end up happening. And then, uh, we, you know, just happened to meet Don Cusick and, uh, you know, he deserves, all the credit here you know we were just out at uh out of track out in california thermal and we were uh doing some doing some laps and doing, doing a bit of coaching that's what i've been doing on the side and 
you know, that's, that's been the main uh, source of income for me the last two years. And, you know, di- didn't think too much of it, but we, we had a great uh, conversation and he explained how much, uh, how he's been a lifelong IndyCar fan and Indy 500 fan. And, and then from there, it just, uh, you know, it kind of escalated from there. You know, it didn't, it didn't immediately, you know, I'm not the type of guy that's, that's going to, uh, impose on someone and, and say, oh, okay, well, <laughs> I've got a opportunity for you. You know, that's, that's just not who I am, but you know, we, we just sort of, uh, we stayed in touch and, and when it, uh, a month later when he was asking about sweet tickets and wanting to go to the race and if I knew of a good place to watch. Um, <laughs> You're like, I know a really good place, better than a suite, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, it was, uh, it was only then when the conversation came up and he asked, okay, what, uh, where's the best place for me to watch the race? And I, I hooked him up with a suite owner that I normally put all my you know VIP guests in and, uh, and he asked me to come out and, and uh, attend the race. And I said, you know, it's it's kind of tough to do that if I'm not in the car racing. And he's like, well, let's just fix that. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, that's, that's literally the conversation. And, and then immediately it went from there to like, you know, um, moved very, very quickly from that point on. Let's fix that. that, that that's that's freaking beautiful <laughs> yeah I, I had to clarify what he meant by that you know i, I said like hey <laughs> you know but uh you know that that's uh and it's awesome when you meet someone that has so much passion for this race and that wants to wants to be a part of it wants to be a you know wants to be a team owner he wants to grow his brand Sick motorsport and uh and he wants to make this not just a one-off he wants to come back so that's that's um, an amazing thing to be part of so early on. What I loved about this stuff when you told me about it was, as you know, and as Don might know as well, boy, the, the Don Cusicks of the IndyCar world, the Indy 500 world, were once a, a thriving breed. Almost extinct, though, over the last 10, 15, 20 years the successful business person with a huge passion for IndyCar racing doesn't necessarily want to go buy cars and transporters and shot, right? Doesn't necessarily want to say I'm taking on this massive task of starting my own team, but I want to be involved and whether my name's on the entry list or not every year at Indy and who knows, maybe a few more races, whatever, but I am a deeply passionate person centered on the Indy 500 and I want to find a great driver to believe in and let's go do this and, and try and make something out of it more than just a one-off. I mean, again, I, I know I'm just sharing something that's a little bit obvious here, but the Don Cusicks of the world, he and his wife, they, we, boy, if we had more folks like them, I bet you that entry list would be 45 plus cars. So maybe you could just share some insights about that. Cause you're in a very rare situation these days. Oh yeah. No, I, and I, uh, I don't take it for granted. You know, I think, uh, that's, uh, that's why we're going to show Don as, as much, uh, as much value as possible and, and make sure that, you know, he, he comes out of this month knowing that, uh, the IndyCar series and, and the Indy 500 is, is 
the right thing. It, it lives up to it, his expectations and it's, it's the right place for him to, to, uh, you know, really live out this passion and this dream of, of, you know, being a team owner, being a car owner at this race. So, you know, we're just doing everything we can to, to make sure it's a, it's a really successful event for him on and off the track. And, you know, I think it's kind of testament a little bit to what, uh, the kind of the growth that the series is having right now, you know, we've got, you know, 24, 25 full, full, full-time cars. And, you know, uh, it, it seems like, and all those cars are not, you know, there's none that are supported by the series. They're all really competitive entries. So, you know, I think that it just shows you kind of the, the health of the series that it, that it is starting to attract, um, you know, some of those, uh, some of those types of people that you were talking about that want to be a part of this. So why don't we roll into our first listener question and it's a perfect one. It's from our pal Vincent 1701 from Twitter. Uh, he's now, this is something that also we need to, to touch on here. So this opportunity to return, be part of the Andretti Autosport Indy 500 program, pretty cool as well. This is the number 25 Lola Sport, L-O-H-L-A, Lola Sport Honda. Uh, this being a partnership that I believe on the Lola Sport side that the, uh, the Andretti team had come up with, uh, women's golfware in particular. And so the fact that you, for many years, have been so fond and often wear women's golf wear. I'm like, <laughs> how could you come up with a better combination? So Vincent asks, lots of talk about making a real effort of getting more women in racing. How did you end up with Lola Sport? It seems like kind of a mismatch. If only you knew, Vincent, perfect match. We we prefer unique. You know, unique. It's a unique uh, partnership. And, and really, again, this this comes down to Don. Um, you know, it, this... Uh, Lola Sport is a company that he's invested in. It's a uh, it's a female-owned company, and it's uh, relatively new. It's only like a year old, I believe, and uh, you know it, it's it's really growing quite fast actually. The brand, and you know him him being invested in the company, you know he Don could have put a giant picture of his face on the car and just ran with that, and and we we would have been cool with that. But uh, you know he wanted to make it not not just about him, but um, you know, the, the companies that he's invested in and, and Lola sport is one that he's really fond of. Um, his wife wears the, the brand a lot and, uh, you know, he's really good friends with the, the CEO there, Lisa O'Hurley. So it just made, made a lot of sense for him to, to kind of pass through some of the promotional opportunities to that, that female owned company and, and help them. That's so awesome. <sighs> All right. Where are we going to go next? We're going to go to one of your countrymen. Uh, one of the great listeners of our show, the Prude Prickle. We're still coming up with a name. It's not a collective. It's it's kind of an insane group of listeners. But Trip Hazard from the UK says, Steph, can you give us the insider experience of how a driver goes about starting conversations with potential sponsors? How do you decide who to approach at the company? How do you actually spark that conversation? Do you have to go in with the support of a racing team to back you up? No, we've gone into this a little bit, and the situation with Dawn is pretty awesome but you've also been a part of many many sponsor pitches visits uh meetings and whatnot our mutual pal anders crone i know is is a big part of the background helping you with things but share with folks someone like yourself who you know would want to be in an indy car every year at the 500 if not more usually it's you having to do a lot of work uh, to make that happen with uh, sponsors 
How do you do that? How do you decide? How do you get things going here? I'm still trying to find out, honestly. <laughs> you know, I think that question should be asked to someone a little bit more uh, successful on that side than, than myself. But uh, no, I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's really difficult. You know, it's really tough to, you know, it, it's so easy for CMOs to uh, look for the, the really uh, mainstream sports and and just mainstream options to, to promote the, the company that they're in you know, uh, chief with, uh, you know, uh, helping market. So, you know, it, it starts with, you know, trying to, to make a connection. Um, you know, it starts by, you know, if you're out of the racetrack, you potentially meet, meet someone. Um, if they're at the racetrack and they're, they're clearly a race fan to begin with, means they're going to have more appetite for this. Um, and outside of that, you know, it, it, you, you see a, a potential fit and you look the company up, you find, some of the contacts there you might have a mutual connection with. It's always better if you can have a, a kind of a warm handoff to, to them rather than a, just a cold, cold call. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of networking really, you know, you've got to utilize the, the contacts and, and people that you're, you're connected with and, and try and, you know, look, look for opportunities. And a lot of time it's B2B faced and you're trying to create value in the front end before you, before the car even turns a, a lap, you know? So it, it's a, a lot of work and there's no, sometimes there's no rhyme or reason to, to how some deals happen and some, some deals don't. Well, one of these days you're going to tell us, but I figure three Indy 500s in plus what was it? It was like a tea drink or I don't remember what it was where you started your career next to uh, the big man at uh, Baltimore coin. And was it 2013? Oh, yeah. Was yeah, that a real company tea. or did you guys just make that up at home? No, it was a real company. Yeah. They, they, uh, they're still, still around and uh, they're doing some big, big things as well. So I've still got a, a good relationship with the owner of that company. And uh, you know, who knows, maybe in a, a couple of years, I might see him back on a car. Hey, look at that. You're even working the future here. Why don't we go to Brian <laughs> Smith? So Steph, how hard is it? jump in an IndyCar once a year at the Speedway and get comfortable. Says, I imagine the simulator helps, but there still has to be some form of an adjustment. And uh, Daniel, uh, Daniel SEM 2004, similar question. Uh, how long does it take to get up to speed when you're not doing this every week and say, go flat out and qualifying? What kind of preparations involved? So are you going to get some simulator time? Or is it uh, just you finding an arcade and pumping quarters into a Grand Prix or something like that? Yeah, I've got an old copy of Grand Prix Legends, and uh, you know, just gonna <laughs> gonna be utilizing that extensively over the next couple of days. No, um, you know, using i racing a lot, and uh, that doesn't necessarily uh, give you, uh, you know, simulate completely exactly what it's going to be like. You miss all the the g forces and and the actual. Um, fear element of doing 220 miles an hour in between brick walls. But uh, yeah, I mean, th that's about the extent that I, that I could do preparation wise before I, I moved, I drove out to Indy. If I'd had a little bit more time before the deal was, was uh, made, I'd, I would have had a little bit of simulator time at, uh, at Honda HPD. Um, but otherwise outside of that, you've just got to do all the preparation you can, um, you know, making sure that all your kit is ready to go, you know, having a good, dialogue with the engineer that you're going to be working with talking to him quite quite a lot about a plan um so you can utilize all the track time you can when you get into the month and then 
from there you just have to pull up your bootstraps and, and jump in the car and, and go you know so it typically you know i think in 2018 i've been out a year so 2016 is the first i missed 2017 the whole lonzo deal and then 2018 um it took me probably about three or four laps to get out speed honestly like yeah, and probably, yeah, about three or four laps. I'm not counting the ROP because we're messing around with, you know, that that's actually really difficult because you're trying to like actually manage your speed and not, you know, you know, not go over the speed limit that's set by ROP. Um, they they get pretty upset about that. So you're trying to do math at 220 miles an hour and work out <laughs> what your average speed has been. Then you have a big lift trying to make sure you're not, not going over the speed limit. So, uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of that. And so after after those 20 laps of refresher, yeah, it probably took me about four laps and, you know, uh, and got, got stuck into it and, and went. I'm, I'm thinking that I'm hoping it's going to be the same this year, but it's been two years this time. So, um, you know, it's a little bit longer out of the car. But, you know, the nice thing is it's the same car that I – it's pretty much the exact same car I drove in 2018. So – just got the air kit to deal with. I'm forgetting the guy's name. Uh, I actually just saw a photo that I'd taken of the two of you of your race engineer at KV in uh, 2016. Oh, Zach. Yeah. You guys had great a guy. great guy, but you guys didn't know each other beforehand, to, to my knowledge at least. And uh, part of that adventure uh, as a rookie, getting to know your engineer, getting to figure out what you need, how you guys talk get to the heart of whatever change were going to be made 2018 new experience as well at Andretti maybe share with some folks uh, or maybe all the folks too I don't know why I decided to say some share with all the folks Steph not some about the fact that you get to go back to Andretti and there's familiarity here for the first time coming to the 500 on the engineering front and many of the crew as well just talking about the preparation and how do you get up to speed I have to guess that knowing that a lot of the same faces are going to be there waiting for you, that probably adds a lot of comfort. It is. It is. I mean, you hit the nail on the head right there. It's just one less thing I've got to worry about or not worry about, but think about going into it. And it's nice already. We've already looked back and, and looked at notes we've made, you know, run notes from 2018. We like this change. We like that change. We didn't like that so much. So we're already coming into the month with a, with a good sort of base knowing, okay, well, these are some areas you want to revisit. You know, these are some areas that the teams moved away from in that time, and maybe you want to, you know, double double check that and make sure it's still that that direction works for us. Um, you know, and even down to like just the seat fitting. We did the seat fitting yesterday, and you know, they had all my numbers, you know, measurements from 2018. So they just bolted all that on, jumped in the car, and it was like, yeah, yeah, this this is good. <laughs> yeah, so. You know, it's nice. It's nice being able to um, have a lot of that same foundation that we built in 2018 to still still have that there. And it's just it's just going to make life a little bit easier at the beginning of the month to to get get going, get up to speed, um, and uh, and hopefully develop a, a car that I'm comfortable with and happy with going into qualifying. All right, why don't we go to Matt Philpot? Our man Matt Philpot says, Steph. How much can a strong finish at the 500 boost, say, a one-off driver's ability at securing shot at a part or full-time ride? Obviously, mm. you're still trying to answer that question. Um, <laughs> but do you think 
if you have a, a strong run here, that there's any chance of, of doing something other than just the 500? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we, me and Don have already talked about it, and it, it really comes down to what Don wants to do. Um, but I think that, you know, my goal is just to have a really competitive, strong competitive month. And, and you know, that it's yet, it's, um, we yet to define what that looks like, you know, but I think as long as I come away from the month feeling, you know, feeling positive, positive about that and positive about what I did as a driver, um, you know, that, that'll boost, uh, boost everyone's confidence to, to do more of this. I think, uh, you know, the goal will be to try and at least come back to Indy in 2022, um, and, and do this again. And that that'll be the immediate goal is, okay, let's make sure we can, we can tick that box, achieve that. And then if we can achieve that and there's still appetite to do more stuff, then yeah, we're, we're going to look to do it. So that was the first of five questions in a row that I absolutely love. So thanks for that, Matt. Let's go to the next from Jordan Darwin. He says, Steph, five laps to go in 2018. Any thoughts of staying out front and driving it until it quit? <laughs> uh, um, immediately. So coming across the line, uh, there's, there's this little like light on the dash and it's the collector light. And when that light comes on, you know, essentially if you're past the start finish line, you have to pit that lap. Otherwise you will run out of fuel on track. So as soon as I was coming across the line and the team radioed, okay, we're going to have to pit this lap for that splash. I was like, yeah, but the collector light is not on yet. So, and then I'm like, you know, by that point I'm, I'm turning into turn one. And as I'm turning into turn one, the collect light comes on. I'm like, well, <laughs> I guess I am fitting this lap, you know? So, you know, um, you know, what is that been... feeling like Steph? You, this is your oh, dream. Was... You, your, your second Indy 500, your third ever Indy car race. You're leading with again, five laps to go with the Indy freaking 500 there's no amount of willpower or fuel saving you're going to do on that lap when the collector light comes on to get you the next four. What I is mean, that feeling of like, what is, what's no, going know, through your mind? I, I mean, seriously, the, you know, taking the lead on that restart and then being able to actually pull away from that group that we're, you know, in front of at that point, you know, the car was so good and so fast in clean air. And at that point on race trim and felt so good with it. And I, I would have loved to have raced Will a bit more because earlier in the race, I did actually, you know, pass him to get my, uh, get my lap back. Uh, we had a, a slow stop and got, you know, got back by him. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying I just, I, I was a stronger car than Will that day, but I, you know, I was racy, but it, the problem was we were just stuck back in the, you know, midfield and in the dirty air. And it was just so impossible to pass, pass cars that day and make up ground. Um, so, you know, I, I was, love in life uh leading and it was nice just to have clear road ahead and just you know pump out those laps and um you know then obviously you you know that it's going to come to an end um here shortly with the you know with no yellow coming out so you know it's it was pretty demoralizing but i think my at that point i was more afraid of like my mindset was like okay i'm gonna have to pit that's just how it is and then coming into pit lane i'm like 
okay, this will kill me if it goes yellow right now. Because oh, I was just thinking now, I'm like, it, you know, if it if it goes, if it doesn't go yellow, and this that was the that was the end of that run, then it's like, okay, we we did everything we could to make that work. But if it had gone yellow, it would have been like, oh my goodness, like what a missed opportunity that would have been, you know. So that would that would have hurt, that would have stung, but. You know, it's like, you know, trying to climb Mount Everest and not, not quite reaching the, the, the summit, you know, and, and just, uh, you know, keep coming back, trying to trying to do that. <sighs> All right. We're going to go to the next one from our pal Brock Bolton. Steph, how on earth do you fit in an IndyCar? In all <laughs> seriousness, has fitting in the cockpit ever been an issue? Glad that you do fit, though. Best of luck this month. Got you. I know you got stories. Tell, t- share oh, a story or two of fitting your nine foot twelve self into open wheel cars. Like, how are you not a NASCAR driver? I don't understand. Well, even then, they need to knock a hole in the roof for your head. But you got some stories about cramming. I, I, yeah, I got. I've got the best. I don't know if I've shared the story of you before, but it is the best story when it comes to me trying to fit into an uh, into a car. So it's actually when I did the McLaren Formula One test uh, in 2009, and uh, so I, I'm I'm down at the MTC trying to squeeze into this 2009, you know, 2008 Lewis Hamilton chassis. You know, obviously the chassis are built around the two uh, the two drivers, and it's it's built around Lewis Hamilton. And he's an elf, I can right? The line and, he's legitimately so two, an elf. Two little two little elves and and uh, there's me the giraffe trying to squeeze into that thing and it is it is really really tight like you know if i can tell you this i did not fit in that car but for that test you know being able to say being able to drive and experience a formula one car is like there's no way i'm not fitting in it so i'm just gonna squeeze and like you know maybe you know break an arm to like squeeze it in here and uh you know so i'm there and it it was about a two-day process to get me fitted in there i mean it, it's not two days of like one mechanic it was like five or six mechanics and you know they had to machine this this brand new uh steering wheel uh boss uh, uh bushing and uh that that is machined out of t- a block titanium and it was end up, ended up being like a $16,000 piece that they just machined just to raise the steering wheel up a quarter of an inch. And, and they're telling me this, like, it's like $2 to them, you know? And I'm like, Oh my goodness. That's like, you know, that's a whole race weekend in, in delights at that point. But, um, you know, uh, there's, uh, it's really funny because like on the second day, you know, I'm, I'm starting to sweat now. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to fit in this and I don't know what happens if I don't fit in this do I just forfeit this? And you know, is it, is it forfeited? So I'm looking really nervous in the car and this, this guy comes out and uh, he's been with McLaren for like 40 years. And, you know, he's now just shop based working on these, the uh, restoring the classics, like some of the classic cars they have there. And he comes up and he's like, uh, don't worry, don't worry. It's all going to be fine. You, you know, in 40 years, we've never not been able to fit a driver into a McLaren. And he's and he's like kind of just paused for a second. He says, uh, "I guess there was this one guy," and he's he's like, uh, "I think his uh, last name Wilson, uh, just yeah, Justin Wilson." And then he pauses for a second again. He's like, oh, "What's your name again?" Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, "Stephen Wilson." He's like, "Oh." 
it was your brother and i'm like oh my goodness like that's at that point it really did fill me with a lot more uh, a lot of confidence i think he was coming over there to really fill me with confidence and uh uh, quite quietly did the opposite. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. Uh, at the same time, they had to be like, you guys don't give up. You just hate us, right? You keep trying yeah. to make us fit your monkey asses into the cars. What are you, what the hell? Yeah, no, that was pretty nuts. I mean, uh, I, so I did that test and I, yeah, I literally could, the, the steering wheel was like resting on my knees and it, uh, on my thighs and it was, could barely turn the wheel. And I was hoping it was going to be dry because, you know, in the dry, you don't need to turn the car that much. And of course it was, you know, lashing it down with rain, typical, you know, British day at Silverstone in, in early December. So it was uh, not ideal, but it was, it was still an experience of a lifetime for sure. Oh, that's, that's, that's incredible. Uh, let's see Jordan Darwin. Hey, what do you know? Jordan's back with another one that I love. What positives, Steph, have come out of you stepping aside to let Fernando Alonso have your Andretti seat in 2017? And I love this question because my first thought was, I don't know if you continue to look for positives, Steph, but now, four years later, have you found any? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think 2018, you know, I think back to that, and I think that the opportunity I had in 2018 was probably better than the one I had in 2017 before giving up the seat. So I take that and think, yeah, that, that's a positive, you know. I think that that's that's the only that that's really the main positive I was trying to get out of that. And yeah, sure, I would have loved a few more, you know, helping hands after that and being like, you know, a couple of favors um but those didn't really come about um but i'm i'm really sort of happy with how it all, all ended up and you know having that that strong run in 2018 made it worth it let's get to my favorite question which i've been asking of every driver for i don't know two months now might have seen that connor daly posted on twitter that he was hoping to ride a buffalo onto the indy 500 driver's uh, stage, right? The, uh, presentation stage there. Mm -hmm. Uh, apparently that's not exactly going to work out. He did have that painted on his helmet though. So we got to love that. <laughs> so as a result, our pal Lance Snyder, who I've named the minister of mirth for all my podcasts, he's been throwing <laughs> this in every week to every guest. Okay. Steph, this week you're in the hot seat. What would be your animal that you ride the Indy 500 driver intro stage with the caveat that you have to out British Last week's answer from Jack Harvey. And in case you didn't hear, Jack said he wanted to ride a lion up onto the stage with the lion wearing, I guess, Queen Elizabeth's crown. And also wow. his words, flicking beans at people, which if you know uh, how that phrase is used in other ways, uh, it, it's also a fairly adult <laughs> statement. So we yeah, won't go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes. So uh, uh, Jack, Mr. Beans, Harvey, Jack Beans, Jack Flicking Beans, Harvey. You know, we got some new iterations <laughs> oh, for a nickname yeah. for Jack. He gave it to himself, kind of. Oh, you got to blame it on him, right? right? So, but the you know, thing is, it doesn't have to be riding an animal. Uh, it could be walking, air, sea, land. Gotta out British Harvey though. So give us, give I mean, us your, your decision here. Um, I'm going to say, 
I'm going to, I've got a Jaguar painted on the top of my helmet. So I'm going to say I'd, I'd be riding a Jaguar Ooh. into the, you know, and, and, you know, probably, uh, I don't know, maybe the, the, it's got like a drape of a British flag on it. You know, it's like got a cape of a British flag. That's, okay. that's my answer. That's, and that's probably not going to beat Jack's. I mean, that's a pretty good answer that he gave. So would you but, uh, dye the Jags, uh, coat? Yes. Purple. That's what I would so do. it'd be a, it'd be, oh, you know, paying cat. tribute yes. to the silk cut Jag mm-hmm. sport, Le Mans winning sports car program that, uh, I mean, go. what? I think you yeah. might out, out Harvey could old bean. Yeah, I don't even need the crown. The bean flicker. I don't even know why he's got a, a lion anyway. What's that? I mean, I guess free lines on a shirt, you know, he's a big football fan, but you know, I don't know. Jaguar is, a, you know, classic British car. So you've got to, got to be riding the Jaguar cat, you know? And no bean involvement in your plan. No, I, no I think where you that came from, honestly. Yeah. Uh, that's a bizarre one. Oh, I, I gotta say, I mean, I'm not British, but if I'm the impartial American judge, I think you just kicked Jack's ass with that. So, uh, <laughs> good job, Steph. Nice. All right. Why don't we, uh, get a couple more in here and then we're going to let you back to your day of, I actually don't actually know what you're doing for the rest of the day, but Hey, um, you're with Anders Crone. <laughs> There's always a potential for, uh, for Probably robbery and prison time. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Mitsuki Matsura says, Steph, are you going to be at IMS as part of Andretti Autosport during the GMR Grand Prix this weekend? I also says, Thank you for being so kind to the fans when the livery of your car was unveiled in front of the Gate 1 entrance of IMS in 2018. That's neat. Yeah, no, that, that event right there was one of the highlights for me in 2018. Like, it was just really cool to see some of those, uh, some of those patients that were, you know, waiting for an organ transplant on the, on the nose. You know, they, their names were on the, on the uh, front wing of the car and... You know, it was like a little girl there that had just received a heart transplant. And at the time that her name was picked to be on the car, she was still waiting. And then at the day of the unveil, she'd already received it. And she was jumping around. And I think that was probably one of the highlights for me in 2018. It was such a special, special moment for sure. Wow. So I'm glad he, glad he mentioned that. Um, but uh, I actually, I've already forgotten the question he actually asked. GMR the, Grand Prix. Are you going to be uh, chilling on pit lane with your Andretti team? You're going to be in hospitality, you know, guzzling down food and beverage. Uh, are you a good guest or a bad guest when you're not racing with them? <laughs> I'm a good guest for sure. Definitely. Uh, I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm actually you're going to have an opportunity to see me in a suit uh, on Saturday because I'll be commentating for the, uh, uh, NBC, uh, Peacock, uh, coverage of, uh, the Indy Lights race. So, uh, yeah, tune into that. I'll be, uh, I'll be, uh, there with, uh, Lee, Kevin Lee and, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Wow. Look at that. My boy's moving up in the world. Although I used to do that too. So I got to admit, uh, <laughs> yeah, boy and the Anders as well. So geez, uh, they are clearly taking a higher grade of, of talent here. Yeah, with Charlie Kimball uh, participating in the GMR Grand Prix, uh, he's actually not able, I guess, to plug in for all that stuff. Exactly. So great that you could yeah. sub for him. Uh, let's see, one or two more to go. Ian Keyworth says, Steph, as a fellow Brit, would love to get your thoughts on IndyCar coverage in the UK. He says, clearly it's uh, not as big as it is in America, 
but did become popular in the 90s, did or Nigel Mansell. Uh, curious if that was your source of interest in IndyCar. Good question. Um, no, I I was, you know, just kind of following Justin's footsteps, really, that led me over to America. It wasn't so much the coverage of in the 90s of the sport, you know, but I do remember watching the Indy 500 um, in the UK and, I remember, I remember clearly watching uh, the finish in 2006 with Marco and, and Sam Hornish Jr. and just being like, wow, that was amazing, you know. So uh, um, the coverage in the UK, I can't really comment too much on what it's like at the at, you know, present because I just I've not been back in the UK for long enough or in the season to actually see it. So, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I know they, they keep trying to grow it a little bit here and there but uh it's just it's difficult with the timing you know like the, you know the different time zones and stuff and trying to get it on uh, you know a good channel let's go to the final two items and we've saved the best for last we're going to kick it off steph with brett ross steph did winning the iRacing thursday night blunder race at talladega help out your career or hurt it says i enjoyed watching you and nascar's justin allgaier during that race oh yeah it was uh it was a big big milestone in my career right yeah. there <laughs> <laughs> no that was uh like the some of these events that they put on uh, that one was actually really fun so it's talladega with indie cars and cup cars i think it was a classic cup cars there and there was some sort of like hack made to them so they had like an ungodly top speed like it was like their top speed was like 250 miles an hour so they actually were like faster than the indy car over like one lap but then their tires would go away and they would they would fall back so it was kind of interesting in an indy car trying to draft off a nascar at talladega but that was a blast, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think it it really uh, um, you know elevated my uh, my career that much. <laughs> Don Cusick, while coaching him at Thermal, mm-hmm. he didn't say, "Wait a minute." I saw that. Are yeah, you the Steph Wilson from Thursday Night Blunder that won at Talladega? I wish he had. That would have been a great you know segue. But uh, no, unfortunately, he didn't. Did not see that. But it you know it should have got more coverage. I think. You would have reached up to your sunglasses, pulled down the right side, looked him in the <laughs> eye and said, yes, I am. Yes, that was me. All right. We're uh, stirring the pot. And for once in the last week and a half in IndyCar, it doesn't involve Jack Harvey and Graham Rahal and clapbacks and whatever. It's our pal Ryan <laughs> Terpstra sticking with iRacing. Welcome back, Steph. You're told that everyone in the field of 33 has to do an iRacing endurance event in teams of three. Says, who do you pick for your teammates? Says, you can only choose from the 35 confirmed entries for the Indy 500. And if you had the last pick, who don't you want to be stuck with? <laughs> and I'm not like, we're not letting you off, right? You're making an enemy oh. right here. Oh, um, so I think the picks would be. Okay, so I've, I've got to pick three teammates or two teammates? Well, teams are three, so we'll go for two. Two? Okay. I think probably Sage, because he's just, like, like amazing on iRacing, so definitely Sage. Um, and 
I think I'd go with Scott McCoughlin, honestly. Ooh. Yeah. That's a good pick. Deep cut yeah. right there. And now to close the show, Steph, drop the hammer, you? create a vendetta. Just make sure you're going to get the stink eye all month long from who you say, nope, would not have that clown on my iRacing Endurance team. Who is it? Uh, who do you hate? Who's the worst? You know, oh, you've made it even worse now. I'm trying. Just ask me. <laughs> I'm doing my best here to make I, it as I hard think, as I can. I think I'd probably, uh, if it was the, the last pick, um, I probably wouldn't want to go with Elio. Um, just purely because he, he doesn't quite have uh, a lot of experience with my racing. And, uh, I have know, a little uh, bit of insight into this. Can you share with folks of trying to help the uh, three-time Indy 500 winner, uh, <laughs> IMSA DPI champion, set up an iRacing account? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was last year during the, the lockdown, and we were doing this race, and we were trying to get as many IndyCar drivers involved as possible. And, you know, I, I did send a text to, to Elio, and we managed to get him set up. And uh, it, it was it was fairly difficult, you know, like, you know, like imagine trying to like explain to your dad on like how to how to use FaceTime and stuff like that. It was a little bit similar <laughs> to that. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he's a trooper. He was uh, he, he, he did figure it out in the end. And uh, he actually was really good on it. So but uh, it was the whole setup process that, that kind of uh, would would lead me to not choose uh, not choose him even though i have so much respect for him yeah don't try and cover on the back end of that he spent two days typing in e y e r a c i n g dot com and was really confused why he couldn't figure the thing out so we can reveal that finally uh kidding aside to our dear friend who turned 45 on monday uh steph Always a delight. Now I know why at least two people wanted you on the show. I, I got to go with them with on this one. I, I kind of liked it as well. So <laughs> all kidding aside, it's know tough. how much, uh, how much we'd love you, Steph. And, and no, just and, hope. And, uh, it allows me a chance to say thanks to all the, the fan support. I mean, uh, you know, since last Tuesday, uh, yeah, last Tuesday, right? Like, wow, it's been a lot happened in then, but since then, but, uh, yeah, all the support that people reaching out and, I don't think we could have picked a busier news day in the entire year to announce on. And, uh, you know, with so many other, you know, big headlines coming out that day, um, people still took notice and, uh, and reached out and, and shared their support. And that, that really meant a lot to me. Stefan Wilson coming to the Indy 500 wearing women's golf apparel. How could you not tune in and watch? Thank you, as always, to Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, TorontoMotorsports.com. I'll speak to you next week.